Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think it's kind of ridiculous that all the other countries, you know, aren't doing them anymore. Sounds fair. Now on the news hour, new rules for some travelers touching down on Canadian soil as COVID cases surge in China. Plus. It's just sad because we got to get it all out. Not the best gift that you can get for Christmas. Assessing the damage and taking stock of what's left. Tenants forced out by fire return home amid reports of theft and this is my legacy. These are my legacy. The final sign-off for a broadcasting legend, the remarkable life and legacy of Barbara Walters. And a seismic loss to the Catholic Church as the pontiff who forged his own path passes on. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. The world may be ringing in a brand new year, but an all too familiar COVID-19 restriction from years past is returning. Late today, the federal government announcing Canada is following the lead of numerous other countries and imposing new rules for travelers arriving from China, Hong Kong and Macau. Krista Dow has our top story. In China, it has been a grim and familiar scene for much of December. Hospitals and funeral homes overwhelmed in past weeks as that country grapples with a surge of COVID-19 infections, with cases topping nearly 30,000 daily, according to the latest available data from the WHO. The COVID crisis in China prompting a return of travel restrictions. Canada will now be requiring all travellers over the age of two arriving from China, Macau or Hong Kong to show proof of a negative COVID-19 test. Tests must be taken two days before their flight. I guess it's a good idea. I believe in being safe when you can. Canada joins the US, England and Japan in imposing new travel restrictions. The move supported by BC's health minister. I think it's a prudent step. It's the right step to protect Canadians, protect travellers, and to uh, ensure we're safe. There's a lot of unknowns about the circumstance right now and what's happening with the pandemic in, um, in the People's Republic of China. Ottawa says the temporary measures are in response to the surge of cases and a lack of information from China, including genomic sequencing. China has been accused of not being transparent around its COVID situation. And while no new variants have been reported, there are growing concerns about possible mutations. Not only do we have an unprecedented level of infection occurring in China right now, which is a real tragedy, but we also have them um, agreeing, to approving to have a drug that causes a high rate of mutation in the virus. We do have some significant uh, information. A lot of what they're dealing with China are subvariants of what we know as the, the Omicron variant of concern. So we do have some information. Obviously, we'd like to see more. The new rules go into effect January 5th at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time and will be in place for 30 days 
and then reassessed. Chris Dow, Global News. And to new COVID rules specific to this province now, after two and a half years, a provincial health order limiting staff movement between healthcare facilities has been rescinded. The order, which was first made on April 15th, 2020, is being rescinded as of today. Until now, staff in long-term care homes, assisted living facilities, private hospitals, or other healthcare centers have been restricted to a single worksite only. The order was imposed to reduce the spread of COVID-19 and minimize risk to the most vulnerable. But at the same time, it also exacerbated staffing challenges within the healthcare system, as many casual staff were no longer able to pick up shifts at other sites. The BC Healthcare Providers Association says the order should have been rescinded sooner, but better late than never. When we're short-staffed, uh, residents aren't uh, receiving the level of care that they uh, need and deserve. Uh, because there's just enough, not enough people. If you get, you know, some people going off uh, sick, there's just no one to replace them. And that's not, you know, the staff's fault. It's not the management's fault. It's not the government's fault. Uh, it's just the, the way the system is at the moment. So having more flexibility in the system with the lifting of the single site order, I think will uh, give us more of an ability to fill those shifts. Terry Lake says there will be some challenges in the next few months as people move back to different places of work. In the Fraser Valley tonight, the RCMP's underwater recovery team is on site at a lake near Harrison, where a vehicle ended up submerged in the water earlier today. Members of the dive team suited up at the Greenpoint boat launch this afternoon. Police say they received reports from witnesses that a vehicle entered the frigid water during the noon hour. The Agassi Fire Department, RCMP, BC Ambulance and Kent Harrison Search and Rescue all responded. It is believed one person was in the vehicle at the time and this has now been deemed a recovery mission. It has been one week since four people were killed and dozens more injured in a bus crash on Highway 97C between Kelowna and Merritt on Christmas Eve. RCMP continue to investigate the cause of the crash. And as Kristen Robinson reports, a former police officer and traffic consultant says the province needs to step up when it comes to clearing icy interior roadways. That's a bus. That's an e bus. The e bus with 46 on board was en route to Vancouver from Kelowna on Christmas Eve when it rolled over on the Okanagan Connector east of Merritt. Four passengers were killed and dozens of others sent to hospital. Because there were so many people injured and four fatalities, uh, they're not going to leave any stone unturned. Former traffic cop turned forensic consultant Grant Gottgatru says the RCMP and commercial vehicle safety investigations into the cause of the deadly collision could take up to a year. If the uh, CBSE uh, folks say, no, we couldn't find anything mechanically wrong with the vehicle, and they're going to be looking at two factors in, driver and road conditions. Was the bus driver going too fast for the conditions? RCMP initially said they believed extremely icy road conditions caused the rollover. Hours later, the road conditions were described as very poor, with ice and snow on the road surface, along with rain and hail falling. On December 27th, Mounties stated the road conditions were fluid, transitioning from clear wet roads to frozen with ice and snow on the road surface due to the time of day, sun setting, and changing weather conditions. There were warnings about uh, winter driving conditions and using extra caution on that roadway. When asked why Highway 97C wasn't closed at the time, BC's transportation minister said the road was being regularly monitored and the maintenance company met its contractual obligations.
the highway was was regularly plowed uh, during the day. Uh, it had um, chemical applications, abrasives applied, uh, and sand was uh, sorry, uh, salt was applied um, by a crew that had been working around the clock in different shifts with a full deployment of equipment. They do a good job of clearing the snow. The ice is the problem. Do they need to do better? Oh yeah, of course they need to do better because the ice is the ice was still there when I traveled it on the twenty sixth. So. You've got the capability to break the ice off the road, so break it off the road. Mounties have seized the EBUS for their investigation. EBUS says it will continue to cooperate with the probe into the Christmas Eve tragedy. Kristen Robinson, Global News. It will take until next week to complete the repairs of a large pothole that formed on one of Metro Vancouver's main bridges, snarling traffic multiple times over the past few days. The Transportation Ministry says special equipment will have to be brought in next week to repair a pothole that formed earlier this week on the span of the Ironworkers Bridge. Crews installed a large plate to cover that pothole, which will remain in place until those repairs can be completed, which will also require work from underneath the bridge. There is no exact timeline on exactly when that will happen. Another pothole on the southern end of the bridge was filled by a contractor. That contractor is said to be monitoring the plates and both potholes, which formed after recent snowstorms and heavy rainfall hammered the south coast. Residents forced out of their North Vancouver apartment building by fire earlier this month are spending the last day of the year gathering what they can of their belongings. As Julia Foy reports, it's been an additional ordeal trying to reaccess their homes, especially after reports of thefts from some units. For a few hours Saturday morning, residents and friends were allowed back into the fire-damaged Lord Highland apartment building in North Vancouver to move out what they could. It's just sad because we got to get it all out. Not the best gift that you can get for Christmas and New Year. On December 13th, the fire broke out in the middle of the 64-unit complex, forcing residents to flee in their pajamas. I'm praying, like, please stop, and then it's a miracle, it stopped. Some lost pets, too. Our cat booted out the window, can't find our cat now, Pepsi. While firefighters were able to contain the blaze to just a few suites, fire damage to the electrical system is considerable. All the tenants have been told they must now move out by January 15th. Resident Quinton Izagonis says returning to his apartment is like returning to the scene of a crime. The envelope was under the stuff with all the cash missing. Izagonis filed a police report claiming someone stole his Apple Watch, jewelry, and over $3,000 in cash. We were assured our suites were locked and secured. I think, I think you know, other companies should be coming forward with their deductible uh, when their end of the bargain wasn't lived up to. Friday night, the Pablos family told Global News they were robbed as well. One of my speakers is missing. Also, it's the two bottle, gift. it's a birthday gift wine, two bottle is missing. Another tenant who did not reveal her name alleges she too lost two bottles of wine taken off the Christmas table. Others simply found their doors unlocked. Barkley did say that they were going to lock up the units at the end, but then at one day I did walk in and it was just wide open, balcony was wide open. Global News asked the restoration and security company for comment. They responded. Barkley deployed its staff to install security fencing and posted a team of security guards within hours of taking control of the site. We are confident our policies and procedures are properly in place. Isagonis is encouraging anyone who has lost items from their home to call North Vancouver RCMP. As for the missing cat Pepsi, there is some good news. Pepsi did go back in the window, so we do have Pepsi with us. Tenants are hoping to get their rent and damage deposits back by January 3rd. 
But the search for new housing may be the biggest challenge of the new year. Julia Foy, Global News. A South Vancouver elementary school forced to close due to flooding over the holidays is set to resume classes much sooner than expected, but at several temporary locations. The closure of Sir James Douglas Elementary comes after that massive winter storm last week, caused pipes to freeze and ended up flooding the building. The Vancouver School Board says there is significant damage to the school. The students in the English program will be accommodated at Moberly and Trudeau Elementary Schools, while those in the French Immersion Program will be at the South Hill swing site that's next to Memorial Park South. Classes are now resuming on Thursday, January 5th, rather than in a few months. Next on the news hour, Cougar on the prowl on Protection Island. We were frightened. I can tell you that there was no sleep after that. The elusive and unwanted visitor that likely swam its way to an island community and stays plus. How about some inflation in your morning coffee? How Starbucks is upping the ante with its popular rewards program? We'll explain after the break. Residents of an island just off Nanaimo are on high alert this weekend, keeping their eyes peeled for any sign of a very unwelcome visitor, a large cougar. As Paul Johnson reports, it's likely the animal arrived in the small community by water. There wasn't a whole lot of lighting out here, but I could see it and the deer sort of getting chased around. Of all the things Graham Adams never expected to see on the small island he lives on near Nanaimo, a cougar in full-on predator mode is probably up there. The carcass was right under here, just where this pile of lumber is now. The cougar chose a space under Adams' deck to stash the deer it had killed. He knows enough about the big cats to give them space. And until it's confirmed to have left Protection Island, the little community remains on edge. Everybody that I've talked to is either keeping their pets indoors and when they're going out, they're on a, a tight leash or not letting the kids outside to play on their own. So right here, and it just walked right in front. Protection Island is small enough to tour by golf cart. It's home to just a few hundred people. And that deer meal, notwithstanding, it's certainly not big enough to support a full-grown cougar captured on the prowl in this security cam video a few days ago. Put it this way, I walk this island every day and I went out one day. The BC Conservation Officer Service says the cougar likely swam over from the provincial park on Newcastle Island. They've warned people to keep their pets indoors and to watch small children and they've set a trap for it. But there's recognition that so far other than just being here, it hasn't done anything wrong. As far as I understand, it's just been doing cougar, cougar things. The best outcome is for the cougar to leave on its own. But if it hangs around and doesn't go for the trap, it's likely on track to be the most watched for wildcat anywhere in the country. Paul Johnson, Global News. Well, the world's most profitable coffee chain is changing a popular program in these times of inflation. Starting February 13th, Starbucks customers will have to spend more money in order to redeem points to get free drinks. The coffee giant is making changes to its popular Starbucks rewards program, increasing the number of stars required to redeem free menu items. 
free coffee, tea, bakery items, or packaged snacks will now require 100 stars. That is double the current 50. All other handcrafted beverages, including lattes and frappuccinos and hot breakfast items like sandwiches, will now require 200 stars. That's up from the current 150. 300 stars can be redeemed for lunch sandwiches and salads, up from the previous 200. Iced coffee and iced tea will now be available for only 100 stars, though. That's down from the current 150. Coming up, the Catholic Church in mourning. The pontiff who ultimately passed on the role passes away. We take a look at the legacy of Pope Benedict XVI+. I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. Bidding farewell to a titan of broadcasting. A look back on the life and legacy of trailblazer, Barbara Walters. That's after the break. Stay with us. Catholic Church and Catholics around the world are mourning the loss of their former leader tonight. On the heels of reports of failing health, Pope Benedict XVI has died at the age of 95. His tenure was short-lived but impactful. And as Eric Sorensen explains, his legacy is complicated. Pope Benedict XVI made history as both first and last. The first pope in 600 years to retire from the papacy and the last in a thousand year succession of European pontiffs. Joseph Ratzinger was ordained a Catholic priest in Germany almost 70 years ago. A church scholar, he was appointed Bishop of Munich. As Archbishop under Pope John Paul II, Ratzinger led the powerful Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which ultimately dealt with the sexual abuse by priests. I think Benedict will uh, wear that as part of his legacy. We know that he had a hand in deciding the policies of how the church handled and mishandled this really serious issue. Benedict tried to show the church as modern and relevant. He was the first pope to tweet and the first to place a call to astronauts in space. Dear astronauts, I'm very happy to have this extraordinary opportunity. Non era vuota, non era in vano, ma che... But he also steered the church on a traditional path, opposing abortion, divorce and gay marriage. He sought to restore faith where it was threatened by secularism. But there was nothing traditional about his decision to retire. It was unheard of in modern times. He, in a very uh, human moment, admitted that the, the, the onerous task of the papacy was too much and that he would resign and make way for the election of a, a new pope. Yet, living on as Pope Emeritus, his presence challenged his successor, the more liberal Pope Francis. <laughs> Francis was tolerant of gay marriage. <laughs> Who am I to judge, he said. But Benedict, in a later biography, viewed gay marriage as part of an anti-Christian creed. Throughout this period, the church sex abuse scandal continued to widen. We're in control of this, it'll never happen again. Conservatives used the scandal and the views of Benedict to undermine Francis. Benedict not only blazed a trail for future popes to retire, but defined a new position of power in the Catholic Church. Does this set up an alternate center of authority, let's say, in, in the Vatican? So I think that the way that uh, retired popes live and speak and have a public presence will be one that's questioned in the future. Pater. Pope Benedict has given the Catholic Church much to think about and a highly unusual legacy. The Pope who reigned and the Pope who resigned. Eric Sorensen, Global News. In Vancouver, protesters gathered once again today to show their support for their counterparts in Iran. Freedom for Iran! 
the weekly protest taking place in front of the Vancouver Art Gallery this afternoon. Large crowds rallied, calling for an end to the Islamic Republic and demanding the release of all political prisoners, many of whom have been sentenced to death, with at least two already executed. Many of those in prison for demonstrating have been sentenced to death, as we said, with two already hanged. Either it's, you know, last day of the year and people, I'm sure they have some other commitment. But as you see, still big crowd are here. And because the movement, the revolution is going on in Iran. And yesterday, for example, um, another young man, 22 years old, he got shot to death. There is no hope. There is no future based on these people that are so corrupt, so merciless, criminals. And they've, they've made life miserable for 85 million people. Meantime, nine Liberal MPs from Metro Vancouver have agreed to sponsor political prisoners from Iran. The MPs include Natural Resources Minister Jonathan Wilkinson and longtime Vancouver Centre MP Hedy Fry. They've sponsored two political prisoners each, except for Wilkinson, who endorsed three. The sponsorships are meant to help prevent the prisoners from facing the death penalty or ongoing torture. In a statement, the MPs say they've selected a number of physicians and medical students, as well as young people targeted with severe penalties for raising their voices. They also call on Iran to immediately halt all executions and to end all brutal and inhumane punishments. Well, men are not only more likely to suffer in silence, but also to lose their lives to suicide. That is according to statistics. Now a group in Canmore is hoping to break the stigma and give an outlet to many men who are struggling. Man Aligned was formed a few years ago by Canmore resident Graham Ford after he felt empowered while attending a men's circle. He brought the energy back with him to the Bow Valley. Circles are held during the week in Banff and Canmore with longer events on the weekend. Men from all different backgrounds gather to stretch, meditate, team build and most importantly share. I can bring to my partner what I need to bring and she can listen and say wow thank you so much for this but when I sit with other men they can say whoa brother I feel I know exactly what that's like I know what that's like those financial pressures I know what that's like yeah yeah dude you do and we're not here to fix each other like this isn't these aren't circles of advice it's about just being witnessed Nobody is obligated to open up. Many say the connection itself is just healing. Ford says many men have lost authentic connections with one another outside of sports and drinking over the years. The circles are a way to create that brotherhood and participants say it's been a really powerful tool in their own lives. After the break, when a deep freeze can be deceiving. Right now we're in a really weird transition. We came out of a real good cold snap where we had you know minus, minus 20, 25. The risks of hitting nature's ice rinks across the province as temperatures begin to rise. What you need to know before venturing onto a frozen lake this weekend. That's after the break. You're watching Global BC. Well, parts of the province are emerging from a deep freeze that includes the Okanagan and that had some hoping to enjoy some traditional winter outdoor activities like ice fishing and skating this weekend. But officials now say not so fast. Victoria Famia explains why. With temperatures about 20 degrees warmer than they were last week, officials are reminding Okanagan residents that it's an unsafe time for ice activities on local lakes. I mean, right now we're in a really weird transition. We came out of a real good cold snap where we had, you know, minus, minus 20, 25. 
So what we have then is we have uh, a clear ice developing. So when we don't have snow on the, on the water or on the ice, we get this really nice clear ice that is stable and strong, but now we've moved into this weather pattern where we're getting snow on top of it. According to Sean Woodrick, snow and water covering the ice is a sign of dangerous conditions. When we can't see the ice, it becomes a, da a danger. Uh, snow can also insulate and add weight to the ice. So what we have going on right now is with our temperatures getting above zero during the day, um, that weight of that snow and the deteriorating temperatures, we're going to have water getting up on top, creating slush and more weight on the ice. So right now we're in a really unstable pattern for being on the ice. Ice activities like skating or fishing on the lake is especially not recommended on larger bodies of water, particularly one very large lake in the region. Anything on Okanagan Lake I would deem as unsafe. Uh, as well as some of our moving water, uh, whether that's Trepanier, Bear Creek or Mission Creek, uh, we should really be aware and stay off of those, those bodies of water. A recent incident on Okanagan Lake involving the death of multiple cattle after they reportedly wandered onto the ice proved just how unsafe the lake is right now. The cold snap has made most high altitude lakes safe, um, but just be careful. Um, Especially Okanagan, like I know on the North Arm, there were some issues with some cattle walking out there and dropping in, and the same thing could happen to people. Woodrick says temperatures hovering around minus 10 will allow the ice to become more stable. And he says if you're planning a trip out on the ice, to be as prepared as possible and don't go alone. While ice rescues are typically uncommon in the Okanagan, according to the fire department across Canada, there are normally 25 to 30 fatalities a year that are related to ice. Victoria Famia, Global News. And a reminder, if you're heading out to ring in the new year tonight to plan a safe ride home, and as usual, one of your options is transit. TransLink is once again providing free transit tonight until 5 o'clock tomorrow morning. More than 30 buses are being added throughout the system with extra service on select routes. SkyTrain fare gates will remain open overnight, and almost all of the last trains will depart from Waterfront Station after 2 a.m. BC Transit says it's also providing free service tonight in most communities that it operates in. That includes Victoria, Nanaimo, Prince George, Kamloops, and Revelstoke. And just how cold will it be? <laughs> Meteorologist Yvonne Shell joins us now with a look at the forecast for the last night of the year. Yvonne. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Uh, good evening, everyone. Happy New Year's Eve. We are going to see temperatures actually pleasant overnight tonight, but we've got some fog to contend with. And we're also seeing a few isolated showers that may turn into drizzle overnight and take us in towards our New Year's Day. But we do have some breaks on the way, and I'll have that coming up in just a moment. This will likely be the break that we're anticipating for our New Year's Day, and it'll start to move in late through the afternoon. Afternoon. So overnight tonight, do keep in mind we could have some drizzle, light precipitation will be down to five for an overnight low through the morning hours with that fog, a bit of drizzle, and then it'll dissipate through the afternoon. We've got a clearing on the way, hoping to see some breaks late in the afternoon and temperatures getting up to eight average for this time of the year sits at six. Heads up though, if you're traveling along the mountain passes for the interior, this is a current shot of the Coquihalla at the snow shed. This is looking north. We are still seeing some limited visibility with fog and additional snowfall amount are going to pop up along the mountain passes. We'll see that for both the Coquihalla as well as the Allison Pass between two and up to four centimeters. It'll just be flurries for the morning hours and then easing off a much easier commute with an improvement through the afternoon tomorrow. Now the northern half of the province, we do have wet and windy conditions along the coast. Inland through the day tomorrow with Smithers bumping up to minus four. Much of the central interior it looks to be dry with a mainly cloudy sky to kick things off for the new year and 
most areas in the interior. It's just higher elevations that we'll see that fog, a few flurries, and then dissipating through the afternoon. Kelowna Pleasant getting up to the freezing mark. Areas near Whistler will bump up to minus one. Chilly overnight tonight, just below the freezing mark. And across the island, we still have the potential for a few morning showers or drizzle, but fog for areas that are closer to the water and then dissipating as we get in through the afternoon. Highs anywhere between six for Hope into the Fraser Valley, seven through the day for our New Year's Day will bump up to eight degrees. So overnight tonight, we're down to five. We could see light showers or drizzle taking us into the new year. A nice break will be on the way through the afternoon with that clearing. Monday, Tuesday, however, through the day, mix of sun and cloud. It's a chance of showers through the evening hours. The greater chance for some rainfall is going to pop up later on in the week, likely for a Thursday, Friday. Pretty good start to the new year. Sarah? Pretty good indeed. Thanks so much, Yvonne. We'll see you soon. Television viewers, journalists, and millions of others around the world are mourning the loss of Barbara Walters tonight. The broadcasting titan died Friday at the age of 93. Her career spanned more than 60 years, including interviews with some of the most famous people in the world, with Walters known for asking the tough questions. Jennifer Johnson now with the legacy of a trailblazer. Barbara Walters built a career of firsts. She was the first female co-host of NBC's Today Show, the first female to co-anchor a network nightly newscast. Barbara Walters. And she hosted what is still one of the most watched television news programs ever, her sit-down interview with former White House intern Monica Lewinsky about her affair with former President Bill Clinton. Why did you tell Linda Tripp about this dress? Because it was funny. It was funny. Walters never shied away from grilling disgraced politicians, world leaders, and beloved celebrities, including Princess Grace. Your Highness, I must ask you the question that most Americans want to know about you. Are you happy? Tributes to Walters have flooded social media. Oprah Winfrey writing, without Barbara Walters, there wouldn't have been me. Basketball great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar tweeting, Barbara Walters never flinched when questioning the world's most powerful people. She held them accountable. Katie Couric writing, her body of work is unparalleled. And tennis superstar Billie Jean King calling Walters a true trailblazer. Barbara Walters! Walters launched the talk show The View in 1997, which is still on the air. On the day she signed off, fellow journalists honored her for paving the way for their own careers in an industry once dominated by men. This is my legacy. These are my legacy. Walters was the woman who got to ask the famous questions we all wanted to ask and brought those conversations into our homes. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. Oh, there was nobody quite like her for sure. And she paved the way for so many of us. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, Barry Delay, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, Sarah. Good to have you back on uh, the you. weekend. Good it's been a while. Uh, as a bit of a shock, hockey is kind of leading the way on this uh, Saturday night here in Canada. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of fronts. The uh, World Juniors, what more can we say about North Band's Connor Bedard? He now shares three Canadian records at the World Junior Championships. Most goals, most points in a tournament, most points all time. Thanks to his four assists uh, against Sweden, that game just finished. So we have highlights of all that. Fill you in on uh, Connor on his dad's birthday, by the way. Some good shots at Tom in the crowd as well. We'll show you <laughs> that. And the Canucks are in Calgary, hoping uh, to end the new year a little better uh, than they started this season. At least they take on the Flames. We'll tee that up as well.
okay. Yeah, Connor Bedard is on fire, it seems. For he sure. is amazing. And he's two years younger than most of the players he's playing against. And then when you're wow. 17 to 19, I mean, that's a big difference. It's not like you're 30 and 32. So he, uh, for sure. this is amazing what he is doing. We're very lucky to hey, watch him. Homegrown boy for mm -hmm. sure. Thanks so much, Barry Nabon. We'll see you soon. Coming up on the News Hour, how safe are the highways you're driving? Crucial conversations underway around infrastructure and road safety, especially in rural parts of this province. What officials have to say, that's after the break. Well, recent winter storms on the south coast have made road conditions top of mind for many drivers, and it's no different in northern BC, where some say major roads are being neglected. As CKPG's Caden Fanshaw reports, local leaders are calling on the province to rethink the rural highway system. As cars cruise along Highway 16 just outside of BC's northern capital, local leaders believe the provincial government should be cruising into a discussion with them about the condition of rural highways. Well, transportation corridors are essential, particularly in this part of British Columbia. And it's always been a priority for me as an MLA to remind the government in Victoria, whether it was ours or the current government, that it's it's not just about, you know, holidays and vacation and, and local traffic. It is It is the bedrock of the economy. Whether it's more signage, maintenance or planning and upgrades, the question remains, could it be better? ICBC data from 2013 points towards the Prince George to Quesnel stretch of road being among the deadliest in the province. Since then, though, that highway has seen considerable upgrades, which now has the mayor of McBride asking for the same treatment between Prince George and McBride. It's a rougher portion, especially the first half from McBride to Prince George. That's where you've got all these bigger creeks and gullies coming in. And you've got the the problems with trucks on the roads that are having problems getting up the hills and everything like that. But there is areas out there that, that if they put in some more uh, lanes or, or widen the lanes in places, that would always help. Perhaps one of BC's forgotten routes on the edge of the province. During BC's floods, though, it was one of the most crucial for moving goods into northern BC from Alberta. A 200-kilometer stretch with sparse cell service through dangerous twists and turns. I think one of the things that we feel uh, a lot of the time here in the North is that we uh, have to speak pretty loudly in order to get the attention that we need and deserve. We drive the heart of the economy in this province, so of course we deserve investment. We need more and we need better. Local leaders all agree whether it's road maintenance, road safety, or purely upgrades to rural highways around the province, a discussion should be had. Caden Fanshaw, CKPG News. Coming up, Barry's back with sports highlights plus. The new year is here, at least on some continents. Will time travel forward in time to 2023 in just a few minutes? Stay with us. Don't miss Grammy Award-winning musician Ed Sheeran. Catch him in Vancouver at BC Place on the Mathematics Tour on September 2nd with special guests Khaled and Macy Peters. Tickets and info available online. Don't miss National Geographic's Beyond King Tut, the immersive experience. And go beyond the mask through nine distinct multi-sensory galleries and unlock the 3,300-year-old story of the life, death, and discovery of King Tut. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman. Global BC Community Hub. Promote your event. Build your community. 
Global BC Community Hub, bringing your worlds together. Welcome back. Barry Delay is back. Big uh, hockey night tonight to close up the year. Yeah, like it's, it. yeah, it's kind of nice. It's been a tradition uh, at the World Junior Championships, mm. to, especially when the games are in Canada, to have like a very marquee matchup for Canada. Last year when the tournament got cancelled midway because of COVID, we kind of missed out on that. So Good point. back at it today in uh, the Maritimes, and it was a uh, local boy stealing the headlines one more time. Thanks, Sarah. North fans, Connor Bedard is not only uh, living up to the hype, he is adding to it thanks to his master class performance at the world junior so far the 17 year old is dominating this tournament mostly played by 19 year olds he's got a mind-boggling 13 points in his last two games yes against inferior competition in austria and germany but it's still been a treat to watch it figured to be a little tougher tonight for connor as canada took on sweden in their final preliminary round game in halifax connor with 14 career world junior goals Tied for most ever with Jordan Eberle by a Canadian. Great start for Canada. Logan Stankoven of the Kamloops Blazers sends it out front. Shot is wide, but Bedard, check out that little fake shot and then pass out to Joshua Waugh. Another point for Bedard, and Canada led 1-0 early. Next shift on the power play, Bedard leading the rush over to Shane Wright, whose bullet pass to Brennan Othman is converted for the goal. Canada charging out of the gate, up 2-0 early. Bedard with another assist, 29 in his WJC career, just two behind Eric Lindros for the Canadian record. There's his dad, Tom Bedard, celebrating a birthday today. Keeps getting better. Bedard will get his third assist of the period. He and Logan Stankoven set up Tyson Hines. If you're counting, that's 16 points in his last seven periods for Connor Bedard, and his 17 points for, at that point ties Wayne Gretzky for second most in Canadian history at a tournament. But Vancouver Giants' uh, Zach Ostapchuk got a kneeing major, and uh, Canada had to kill off a major. Sweden did score a goal. Bedard, meanwhile, not only scoring, but with the physical play as well. Swedes playing better, but Coquitlam's Thomas Milic a Seattle Thunderbirds goalie. Great toe save to keep it 3-1. Sweden then got a long five-on-three, and Milic made another fantastic save point-blank to preserve the two-goal lead. Canada hasn't really needed its goalies until now, but Milic, another BC boy, doing the job. Third period, Canada off to a great start in the opening minute. Dylan Gunther, who's played 21 times for the Arizona Coyotes this year, sets up Brendan Othman to make it 4-1. And then Bedard, with his fourth assist, sets up Kevin Korczynski. So Bedard ties two records. 18 points ties Dale McCourt for the all-time single tournament record and now 31 career points ties Eric Lindros all-time. Amazing stuff and still three more games to go. Canada win 5-1. They will play Slovakia in the quarters on Monday. Earlier, Luke Hughes in Team USA playing Finland. Winner wins this group. The Americans dominated. Now Hughes is the youngest of the Hughes brothers behind Quinn and Jack, and you recognize his smooth skating uh, like Quinn. He's a defenseman like Quinn, uh, but bigger. Sets up Rutger McGroarty to give the U.S. a 2-1 lead, and then Hughes will score on the point shot as the Americans win it 6-2. So they finish first in the group. They will meet the Germans in the quarterfinals on Monday. The Canucks finish off 2022 tonight in Calgary, face off about 20 minutes away. Flames are six points up on the Canucks, but have played two more games. So this is a big one for Vancouver, who hope to regain the form they've shown on the road of late. Their seven-game road win streak was snapped Thursday in Winnipeg. One thing is for sure, the Canucks need to start 2023 much stronger than they did this season. To win more games than we lose, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
I just think, uh, I, I don't know if I'm a resolution guy, but, you know, every every year, uh, you know, you stay in the league and uh, you always want to improve and get better and other teams around you are. So if you stay the same, then you're kind of getting worse. So we need to definitely improve and uh, it's a day-by-day -day thing for us. We're a team that uh, uh, hasn't lost more than uh, three in a row at any time. We haven't won more than three in a row. Uh, we'd like to get more consistent in the last half of the season. And if we do that and can put a little bit of a run together, we'll be right there. Abbotsford Canucks have had a very good year in the American Hockey League, playing this afternoon on New Year's Eve in Manitoba, beat the Moose by the final of 5-2, to two, and uh, Nils Hoaglander scored his first goal since being sent down into the empty net. Their record, 18-9-2, third in the Pacific Division, just three points out of first place. NHL tonight, Leafs an avalanche from Denver, Nathan McKinnon back in the Avs lineup after missing 11 games with injury. First period, Mitch Marner gets the Leafs on top. Nice little stutter step move to beat the D-man, then rips the wrister past the goaltender Gorgiev. It's a one nothing second period. Leafs power play. John Tavares makes the move. He tried to score. It ends up being a great pass to Michael Bunting. Oops. There you go. Great assist. 3-1 Leafs. Avalanche do get one back. It's the Abbotsford boy, Devon Taves, with his third of the year. Not his prettiest ever. Goes in off Austin Matthews' skate, but Taves will take it. But Matthews gets his revenge, firing in his 18th of the season, and the Leafs Go on to win it 6-2 over Colorado. Habs and Capitals. Montreal really struggling after a bright start under Martin St. Louis. Alex Ovechkin at age 37 just keeps on scoring. This is his 24th of the year, ripping in a, yet another one-timer. Career goal number 804, 4-1 Caps. Cole Caulfield is the Habs' best young player. Steals it here, fires five-hole for his second of the game. 21st of the year, something for the Habs' moms to cheer about. They're along on the trip, but the Canadians cannot keep the puck out of their net. Ovechkin, how many times have we seen that? And a rocket, his 25th of the year, made it 7-2. And he wasn't done yet. OV will walk around the Habs' D-man and finish beautifully. Does Ovechkin know he's 37? 26 goals now, tied with Bo Horvat for second in the NHL. 9-2, Caps hammer the Habs. Some soccer now, English Premiership. First place, Arsenal visiting Brighton and Hove. Gunners 13-1-1 record have been the class of the EPL. 67 seconds in, a couple of fortunate bounces. Bakayo Saka will score there. Arsenal jump out 1-0 early, and they add to the lead off the corner kick. This one will sit nicely for Martin Odegaard. Places the left footer perfectly. Brighton keeper didn't move an inch for it. 2-0 Gunners at the half. Now 3-1 second half. Arsenal put this one to bed. Gabriel Martinelli with great speed will fire on the run to give Arsenal a fourth goal. 4-2 the final as Arsenal win yet again. They've only lost once this year. Earlier, Erling Holland and second place Manchester City at home to Everton, 24th minute. Riyad Mahrez making the moves in tight, slots it to the big Norwegian, and he scores his league-leading 21st of the year, 1-0 City, and that stood up until the second half, but uh, Everton, who's near the bottom of the table, will tie it up. Damari Gray making the run, pulls up and scores. Man City just with one point. A costly draw. City now seven points back of first place Arsenal. And one more, Marcus Rashford and Manchester United taking on Wolverhampton. 57th minute, Wolves with the free kick. A rocket from Ruben Neves, but David De Gea making the diving save. He made a couple of brilliant stops in this one. Remain nil-nil until the 76th. 
And Marcus Rashford working the nice one-two with Bruno Fernandes. And Rashford will finish it off as United hang on for the 1-0 win. Man U fourth in the standings. They've won four of their last five in the Premier League. And that's it. And don't forget Canucks Flames tonight. And we'll have highlights of that at 11. Looking forward to that. Your last sportscast mm -hmm. of the year. Mm -hmm. Coming up, we're going to time travel. We're going to go to next year in some parts of the world. So stay with us. We are still just over five hours away from the new year here in BC, but parts of the world have already welcomed 2023, including Down Under. Pretty exciting. After a two-year hiatus, fireworks returned to Auckland's Sky Tower in New Zealand. The display lasted five minutes and used 500 kilograms of pyrotechnics. The Auckland Harbour Bridge was also illuminated with spectacular lights, as you can see. And here we are in Sydney, Australia. Fireworks were lit over the Sydney Harbour Bridge, illuminating the night sky. A big party there. The 12-minute show featured more than 100,000 pyrotechnic effects and ended with a waterfall of fireworks coming off the bridge deck. Wow. And in Hong Kong, they welcome the new year in style. A synchronized light and sound show lit the skies over the harbour with lasers and light beams. Holy cow, okay, we're not going to yeah. see anything like that in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. We're all going to play Yahtzee together, but it'll be fun. <laughs> Barry, yeah, we'll be we'll be here. So, yeah. uh, Yvonne, how will the skies be looking weather-wise, though? We've got a bit of drizzle, maybe a slight chance for some showers. We're actually tracking some fog leading in towards our New Year's Day. Hoping, though, to see some breaks, some sunshine in the afternoon. Happy New Year, guys. Temperatures will be pleasant tomorrow as well. Okay, Happy New Year. That's all for us tonight. Thanks for being with us. And Happy New Year's Eve. We'll see you right back here at 11 as we count down to 2023. We'll see you then. Thank you.